As I was saying at the saying at the Bible study, um, the first few chapters are very foundational. You have to have a relationship with God. You have to understand it, or else you can't. You cannot do the rest rest of the things. Uh, but it also gets you could say it gets more and more challenging because you can say, well, I didn't do much to become a Christian. Uh, God did all those things. But then as we go deeper into the chapters of the book, you are asked to do more and more and more and more. So today, it's def definitely uh, um, uh, it's definitely requiring your participation uh, in, in the fellowship. So Sharon, the first, the first week was uh, talking about sharing this common life we have. And so the common life we have is the common life we have in Jesus. And so we have the verse from 1 John. What we've seen and heard and declared to you, so that you and we together may share in a common life, that life which we have shared with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So the understanding that, that being in fellowship, being in real, true community fellowship, being in, being in community, we have to have a relationship with God. That's the foundation for having that. But then that also means that you are in fellowship with all believers at all times. Also the ones you don't agree with, uh, but everybody who uh, professes Jesus and has a real true life with Him, you now share that common life. Union with God. Well, you are actually united to God. God is with you. There's a, you can, whether you like it, whether you understand it or not, you can now have a relationship with God. God who called us into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, the Lord is faithful. And it's this, it's this notion of, like, we can do nothing if God doesn't do it. And so the prayer was uh, from somebody, can't remember at this point, Lord, enable me all day long, for with you I can do nothing. And so the, also the notion of what Jesus is saying at some point in John 15, saying, apart from you, you, me, you can do nothing. Well, you would say, I can do lots of things. Yes, but you cannot, of eternal value, do things without being in Christ. Communion with God. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I would seek, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all my days, all my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord and the That we actually can commune with God. We can take time every day to be with Him, enjoy Him. In our life, we are so focused on doing stuff for God or doing stuff for others, but taking time just to spend with Him. And Lee had a beautiful thing I'm still thinking about that sermon. He says, and we see in Genesis 2 that God comes in the cool of the day and He dwells with His people. What if, that, what if that's really true for us, that God actually wants to be with us every day? But sometimes we're just so fast and we have to do so many things for God. I have to do all these things before I can be with God. What if we started being with God? Maybe that would change our days. Fellowship and community. God doesn't save groups, He saves individuals. But we are saved into a community. Like I also talked about, we're saved into a community of all believers at all times. Spiritual fellowship. The encouragement that it's not just a coffee time. It's a time when we talk about uh, things pertaining to Jesus, about, about the walk we have with Him. So from Hebrews, we saw one and all day, while it's still called today. So we, it's not just a fellowship for fellowship's sake. It's one where we join together and encourage each other in our, in our beliefs. 
So it's good to have coffee together, it's good to do sports together, but also this, it has to be a time where we're saying, but hey, how are you doing? What's God teaching you? Is there things you can teach me from what he's been teaching you this week? And so it becomes more than just hanging out. It gets a spiritual component. So today, partnership in the gospel, giving and giving in prayer. And so it says, I thank my I thank God in all my remembrance of you always, in every prayer of mine, for you all. All making my prayers with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So the word partnership there is the Greek word koinonia. I don't know much about Greek, so I just listen to what all of you say. So it's, the same, it's a different translation where sometimes it's fellowship and sometimes it's partnership. So now the koinonia becomes more about well, I'm partnering with someone. Uh, I read through, and I can only encourage you to do that when you have a moment, to read through Philippians. And uh, there's so much in Philippians, so you can get really stuck. But if you do a skim reading and you look after, wow, what is the relationship with the Philippians church and with Paul? You will see an immense love an immense care, um, a giving of, giving themselves to one another. So it's a really beautiful, um, beautiful, beautiful passage. And so in this verse we see Paul is filled with joy and, and thanksgiving for these Philippians. They, uh, they, they join him in partnership. They koinonia with him. But just like I said before, Paul... Paul is far away from Philippi now. He's in a Roman prison. So how can he, how can he be fellowshipping with them? So they're not having coffee together. Now they have a different fellowship. Now they're partnering with him. And you're like, but how can they partner? They're so far away. Well, they, uh, they, they partner because they send him gifts and encouragement. So much that they even send, send him Epaphroditus the Corinthians, to, uh, Philippians, to see how he's doing. And, and you can read that in Philippians, how everybody's concerned about him because he almost dies and everything. But, um, but that's the amount of partnership they have. They, they support him in prayer and support him financially. They even send the guy there with his stuff, Epaphroditus. So here in Koinonia, we're talking about way more uh, than some fellowship where we hang out and have coffee. They're giving financially, they're giving of their prayers, they're really uniting with Him and partnering with Him. And Paul also writes, uh, and we get a little more of a glimpse of how, mu how much and how long that partnership has been with Paul in verse, so in Philippians uh, 4, and Paul, um, Paul says, again he rejoices, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, now that at length you have revived your, revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in every circumstance I have learned the secret of faith. I have learned the secret of faith, facing plenty and hunger. Abundance and need, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. 
Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and ex receiving except you. Even in Thessalonica, you sent help me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from you Epaphroditus, the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. To God, our Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so Paul, Paul here is saying, okay, so when I started out my missionary journeys, no one entered into partnership except you guys. You were the first one who started supporting me. You were the first ones who entered into this partnership with me. And you sent me many gifts at different times. Even when he was ministering to other churches, the Philippians would be sending him gifts. Then we have this very, very interesting passage um, where Paul is saying, well, he had just said on the other slide, um, I know what it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he has reached a point where, well, I know how to be content when I don't have anything. I know how to be content when I have something. Um, and so he still goes on and say, but it's really good of you to share in my trouble. Like he, he feels their heart towards him. He feels that they are wanting to help. He, uh, he can see their concern for him. And uh, it's interesting, then he goes to this part and says, um, not, that I'm, not that I seek the gift, but Paul, he seeks something even more. But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. And so, uh, so, so I have always thought in this passage, it talks about, well, this is what I want from you guys. This is what I want for myself. That, that when we give tithes and offerings, when we give gifts, and when we're generous towards other people, other ministries and different things, it's not because I want your money. And this is what Paul's saying. I don't want your money. I want you to have a generous heart. Because God is so generous towards us that joining and showing that generosity is what means a lot to Paul. He also then, I think the guy in the book, he makes a really, really good point. I did not see that until... Jerry, uh, I think I said his name wrongly many, many times, but his name is Jerry Bridges. He also says, well, the Philippians are partnering with Paul. That means that they are partnering with whatever, whatever Paul is doing. So the Philippians can't be in Rome, but they can help in Rome. They're now helping Paul's ministry, and they're going to see fruits of their labors that they haven't even been in Rome. But when Paul is writing that, that the people in the imperial gods are becoming Christians, well, that is also due to the Philippians now, because they partake in this ministry now. They are his partners. They are helping the word go forward. So they, so the fruit that increases to their, 
to their account is, well, they're growing in Christ, they're growing in their generosity. But then when one time when they come to heaven, they can see people who got to know the message because they partnered with Paul and the other people. Because the interesting thing, when you read all the Paul's letters, Paul's never alone. He always has other people with him. And so he, it's never, um, I'm going to say it later, I think, but there's no super, there's no uh, superhero Christians. They don't exist. Everyone needs prayer. Everyone needs help. Uh, I'm getting way up my, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but, so Paul also, um, so in this partnership, That's okay. Um, um, but the good thing is that oh, is my computer? Is your computer playing music? Sorry about that interruption. I'll, I'll go on. Um, but, but when we, when we look at that, uh, when we look at the Philippians, we can also just ask this question ourselves. Am I like the Philippians? Am I partnering with people and supporting them financially? Am I partnering so that the gospel won't go to the end of the earth? And so, so in our church, and that's something we do together as a church, our encouragement always is to think about how, how, what do I do with my generosity also? So that we can start at home, then locally, and then, then uh, globally. So at the church, we, have, we do special offerings. We have a part of our, our offerings that go to the International Baptist Convention, where also we do church planning. We have a Give into a relief fund for our accidents and different things. We uh, support uh, the BID, the Baptist Church in Denmark, and we also have a, you can say, a local ministry we support that's called Cafe Smile. Again, the good question is who or what do I support? What do we, who do I want to be generous to? And so, um, a long time ago, our family started supporting, uh, just, it was one girl, um, then unfortunately for safety reasons we were not allowed to support anymore, but it was redirected to supporting a children's home. I think Jerry Bridges brings up a good point here, and he says, sometimes we fall in, even as we're giving generously, sometimes we fall into Oh, now I'm giving, so I don't have to do anything else. And I think we did that too with the orphanage. Is that now we give, but do we give of our prayers? Do we give specifically praying into their situations? Because it's like super important to pray for people. Now I, I don't doubt that that you would disagree. Um, 
There's a really good example in the book about praying. So um, the author saying of how he was in a time where he felt depressed and, and just not, uh, he was not doing so well. And then after a few days, he kind of came out of it. And then he heard about how people were, in those days, really gathering together to pray for him. And And so, and so there's a, this verse here. So, because like, you might think, but what should I, what, what is it that we're supposed to be praying for? And what is it good to ask for prayer for? So in this, Thessalonians, Paul, he, 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 he asks for prayer. That was something that was helpful for me, because if Paul can ask for prayer, then we can all be asking for prayer. So what, what can we pray for when we, when we partner with somebody? Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as it has happened among you, and that we may be delivered from the wicked and evil men, for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful, and he will establish you and guide you against the evil one. And so we see two things here. That it's very good to pray that the word of the Lord will speed ahead. And so as we support ministries, like that the word of the Lord would have effect. But also, Paul's also asking for prayer for himself. It's good to pray for the missionary as well. Because without the missionaries, there will be no mission. Yeah. And here it comes. There are no, because there are no superhero Christians. There are no, like, there's no Christians with a cape flying around doing ministry. Nowadays, they are all held up by prayer support, by the financial support. Um, Kali and I, we were with the same mission organization that he is right for harvest and so we have these online meetings where we pray with people and uh, it's it's uh, it's sad uh, but it's also a reality he said lately we have been spending a lot of time and energy because a lot of the missionary couples marriages are falling apart the problem is that missionaries are just human beings they need prayer, they need help, and they need encouragement. Not just money, they also need prayer, guidance, and help. He was even as bold as saying, he was even as, as bold as saying that maybe even more than others. Because if you're standing there and you're trying to fight, and you're trying to open places for Christ to come in, you will have persecution, and you will be fought against. And I think it's just that I was listening to this one sermon not that long ago. It was like, I can't remember now. Where it talks about, well, it really it's from Isaiah first, where God puts on, God puts on his own armor. But then we know in the New Testament, we have the armor of God. But when do we put that one on? We put that on when we're trying to fight. But what kind of fight is it? If we keep reading, 
It's the fight when we pray for the other people. So we put on our armor and then we fight. We fight in prayer for people. Now then you might be like, well, why should I give my, my finances? Why should I give up my time? Why should I give up my prayer? Well, in Acts we read, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Is this true in your life? Have you experienced this? When have you experienced this? Some of you know, some of you know this when your parents at Christmas. Christmas is boring as an adult. But it's exciting to see that children get their gifts. But if this verse is really true, that it's more blessed to give of our resources, it's more blessed to give of our prayers. If God is calling us into blessing, when He's asking us to partner locally, globally, well, this is a verse that we pray a lot for the people that support our family. At this point in time, we have around 12 families and a church that supports Kadi and I. And, and when we pray for people, we're like, God, would you, would you, would you give up your joy? Would you give up your presence? Would they know that they have everything they need? Would they know the verse that, from, that you are going to supply all what they need in Christ Jesus? We're thankful for these people that they support us. Will you bless them? What about you? Is it easier to give than to receive? Why, why not? And the week of the... The week of the... Well, last week, uh, Dan, Dan, who's the pastor of the IBC Church in... Uh, in Hamburg, he uh, he gave this really good picture that comes from the come, comes from this verse that well what if what if giving is also that you're praying for people you're praying you're treasuring to people uh, you're praying you use your time you use your prayer and let's see here what Jesus he says. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where treasures there you there you will have also be. Yes, what so what if when we invest in and partner with people, that we use our time and we use our money? We use our prayer life to uh, to uh, 
to bless and encourage other people. What if that's like actually investing here in the gospel going forward? What if that's actually laying up treasures in heaven? Our bank account might be smaller and we might have to use some time praying for people. But what if our joy and love for those people would grow? What if we in here would see our love for those people grow and our treasure grow? I made this little, uh, made this little uh, diagram. I think Charles is downstairs. I uh, tried to illustrate this. This is my best version of trying to illustrate this somehow. I thought maybe there's some visual people that would like to see a uh, diagram. So, like, you, you start at your home and your family. Uh, Chuck, the uh, Chinese guy, was looking for you. So it starts it's, it's it's in your home and in your family. How am I praying for my family? How am I spending? I'll, I'll go away at some point. I think. Maybe. Get one away. Get one away. Oh, Charles is in there. He's in there. Charles is in there. He's looking for a trash bin. Oh, trash bin. Sorry. He's not looking for Charles, he's looking for a trash bag. Alright, um, so we start, we start at home being generous with our prayers and with our finances. And your parents know this. You pay for your kids all the time. They don't have money, so you're generous to them. <laughs> so, and, but, also, but also, hopefully, prayerfully, you are praying into your kids. Like you are praying into them just as much as you are invested in them. Then the local church. Hopefully you're being generous to the local church, to the small group, to the different things, by spending your time, by spending your money, by investing. Huh? So I'll be happy, but so you heart will grow, and you will have a great treasure. Other partners of ministry, then you are a little bit further, and then globally to the end of the earth. And what would that be? Giving prayer, greater joy and treasure to the people here and in heaven. So by partnering with people here, you can reach places you can't go yourself. And you, just like Paul, it's our heart to see all of us become excited about praying, about joining people in ministry. So, it's a joy and it's interesting to see how much Paul and the Philippians have concern and love for each other. It's, um, like I said, it's like they're not just, they're connected, really connected, through prayer and through giving and through giving of themselves. They sent one guy from, from Greece to Rome to deliver us different things. Now, nowadays it's a little bit easier because we have the internet, so we, we can communicate that way. But they were willing to travel far and also risk part of their lives.
But just in conclusion, what if true community is partnership in the gospel? What about, what if the biblical part, being part of the community is that I give of my time and my mind and of my prayer to people? That I invest and have a treasure in them that we will see in heaven as we reach from local to global. What if it's a duty and a privilege to give and pray? And what if our love and joy would increase as our treasure folks? <clears throat> like I said at the beginning, all these things are only possible if we have a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So if you're sitting here saying all these things are totally impossible, well, they are if you don't know Jesus. Because because you can't do these things of yourself. You can't give up yourself. You can't give up your time. You can't give up your money. If you don't know who Jesus is and what he's done to set you free. But if he has done that, then you have the responsibility and the joy to use the gifts, ability, and your time to partner with people in finan financially and in prayer. And why? Well, we saw in one of the first verses in, the, in Philippians 4, 29 and 20. And my God will supply every need of yours according to the riches in His in glory in Jesus Christ. Why? To, the, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Why do we do this? Because Jesus has saved us. And our joy can be turned in through prayer and giving to the glory of God. So let's give glory to God. Let's pray that He gets glory as we grow in this. As we grow in prayer, as we grow in financially supporting people to the end of the earth. That's my prayer for you guys. So may the Lord bless and encourage you as we seek to do His will through partnering in the gospel. Of course, I would love for you to, uh, to continue uh, book study and, uh, and read the chapter. You get a little more information there. You're welcome to ask any question you have or come to the Bible study on Tuesday at 1. And then we talk about it together. Um, so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful. Thankful for today, Lord. Thank you we you come here. We can give we can give of our worship, we can give of our finances, we can give of our praise to you in song. We can give our ears to hear from your word, to hear your message. And Lord, I pray right now, well, I should have prayed in the beginning, but Lord, I pray right now that you take these words and penetrate our hearts and minds. That you set us into fellowship with one another for a reason. And that our treasure would be that we invest in people locally into the end of the earth. That we would see much fruit of the, of the things you've given us to steward our time, our money, and our commitment to pray for one another. Lord, I pray that you true in the church and in the, in the city, but also today in the earth. 
for each of us here. And Lord, I pray it would be through, through you, Jesus, as you change your hearts and minds to follow you closer and to live for your glory. So I pray that for all of us, may you bless these people here, and may we know what you've done, and bless us to abundance so we can bless other people before your glory, God. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.